This is most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins. And we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. The second reading is from Paul's second letter to young Pastor Timothy, chapter 1. Life and immortality comes to us through the gospel, the good news of sins forgiven through Jesus. Paul encourages Timothy and he encourages us to share that good news. This reading will serve also as the basis for today's sermon. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us, called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus, before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. The word of the Lord. If you were lying on your deathbed, what message would you want to leave with friends and relatives? If you were about to breathe your last, would you prop yourself up on one elbow, point to a loved one or a friend, and say, remember the good times we had together? Or would you say, now behave yourself when I'm gone? Or, guard my investments? I suppose over time there have been people who were near death and passed on messages like that. Unfortunately, words like that have very little value and are easily forgotten. Wouldn't it be great to be able to leave with friends and relatives a message that would last, and better yet, last for them, and connect them with forever? When the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to Pastor Timothy, he was near, near death. 
Over the course of his career, he had been arrested and imprisoned on more than one occasion just for preaching about Jesus, but this time there was no getting out and no getting away. Later in this same letter, he wrote, The time has come for my departure. I have finished the race. What parting words would he offer to Pastor Timothy? What could he say that would bolster and encourage Timothy who was going to carry on God's work in the Ephesus area? Well, let's find out as we explore this second reading that was shared with you from the lectern earlier. There's a statement in our Back to the Basics of the Bible Adult Information Notebook that is written to engender and provoke thought and discussion. Well, we have a lot of those, but here's one of them. A good education is the best thing you can do for a child. Many people agree. With a good education, a young person stands a better chance to get ahead in the world. But from God's point of view, the best thing we can do for our children is tell them about Jesus. It's the only thing that's going to give them life beyond this life. Now, there probably are some single people here today who are thinking, well, that doesn't apply to me. I don't have any kids. It's true. Parents have the primary responsibility to nurture the trust in Jesus that was implanted in the hearts of children at their baptism. But you, all of you, whether you're single or married, have kids or don't have kids, you all have a special responsibility and role to play in this spiritual family known as Grace Church. By your prayers, by your support and encouragement of our Sunday school program, by your volunteering to help teens connect with each other, by your offerings, a portion of which is used to support the full-time Christian education of our youth, you are fanning into flame the gift of God in our young people. Wait a minute. Fan into flame the gift of God. Well, what is that? What is this gift of God that the Apostle Paul is talking about? There, of course, are all kinds of gifts that God pours out to his people, and you could probably rattle off a whole list, right? Talents and abilities, our reasoning, ability to think, daily nourishment, sunshine and rain, the answer to prayer. But is the Apostle Paul talking about that stuff when he's referring to the gift of God? We just scroll down a little farther in this portion of Scripture we're looking at, and here's what he writes. God saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Your parents are standing in the archway of the living room, beaming from ear to ear as they see you spying a big 
box with red and green striped paper and a Christmas bow and your name on the name tag under the Christmas tree. What are you thinking right at that moment? Your special someone. On your birthday, steps aside along the kitchen counter to reveal a lineup of birthday gifts for you. And there in the middle is that smaller box with the special expensive wrapping paper and an emblem of an exclusive jewelry store. What are you thinking right at that moment? God himself, the only God there is, the God who is all-wise, all-powerful, all-everywhere, is standing in front of you and me, but not, not with a sledgehammer to smash in our skulls because of all the sinful sludge swimming around in there, and not with fire from his nostrils to torch us because of our me-first thinking. No, he stands in front of us with a very beautiful package a package that consists of the blood of Jesus covering over all of our sins, connecting us to God, and the faith to believe it's true. This gift of God, this spiritual package of forgiveness and faith comes, did you catch it? Comes not because of anything we have done, but because of God's own purpose and grace. What did you do to turn God's frown about your sin into a smile of acceptance. Nothing. What did you do to turn the verdict guilty hanging over your head and mine into not guilty? Nothing. That's why the Apostle Paul writes, fan into flame the gift of God. In other words, he says to Timothy and to us, strengthen your hold on this forever connection you have with God, which didn't come because you earned it or deserved it, but because of what Jesus did. And to help Timothy do that, to get a stronger hold on this gift of God, this package of forgiveness and faith given into his heart by God, to help Timothy do that, Paul says to Timothy, look back. I've been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and is in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded also lives in you. Can, can you see it? Can you picture the scene? There's Grandma Lois bouncing little Timmy on her lap and singing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Can you see? There's his mom, Eunice, reading Bible stories to Timmy at night, each night as he is about to fall asleep? Did his grandma and his mom join in prayer before every meal with Timothy to ask God to grace their table with his presence? You bet. Did they walk hand in hand with Jesus in their life as they carried on their day-to-day activities? Well, you bet. It isn't any wonder then that later in this letter Paul would write to Timothy, from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation. Timothy's father is not mentioned here. We don't know if his father had passed away or simply was no longer on the scene for some reason. But Timothy could still celebrate Father's Day. He had a spiritual father. There are two letters from Paul to Timothy in the Holy Scriptures. 
And both of them begin with words like this, to Timothy, my son in the faith, to Timothy, my dear son. What a, what a blessing. Timothy could look back and say, thank you, God, for the spiritual family that you have given me, which has been fanning into flame the gift of God in my heart. Nearly every day, the Lord God gives us opportunities to let other people know that Jesus is the world's only hope. Maybe it's a coworker who wants to know how you've been able to cope with COVID symptoms or even more, with COVID fears. Maybe it's a neighbor who lost her job. Maybe it's a friend who's carrying the burden of a conscience that's weighed down by some past indiscretion. Those are open doors to share God's greatest gift, Jesus Christ, and to fan into flame the gift of God in people's hearts. And then one day down the road of peace, that person will send you a text or some other digital communication and say thank you. Thank you for fanning into flame the gift of God in my heart. Have there ever been days in your life when you felt all alone? Even for a few moments? There are people, of course, who look like they've got their act together. Looks like they've got lots of friends. They're the life of the party. On the surface, it seems they've got a happy marriage, but underneath, they feel all alone, like an island, separate, set apart, left on their own. That's not a happy feeling. Timothy had gone on two missionary journeys with the Apostle Paul. They worked and worshipped together. They prayed and proclaimed together. They were in joy and in jail together. What a wonderful connection. And do you think somewhere along in those years of missionary journeys that Paul took Timothy aside and went for a walk with him and offered him words of encouragement? Well, you bet. Timoth Paul writes to Timothy, Night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears. I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. What a bond they had. But that connection that Timothy had with Paul was coming to an end. With Paul near the gallows and his life near the end, the connection with Timothy would also be coming to an end. Would Timothy be left all alone? Hardly. The apostle writes to him, look around, Timothy, at your fellow believers in the congregation of Ephesus and the towns nearby. And take a look at Priscilla and Aquila, your co-workers in Ephesus in the name of Jesus. These fellow Christians are like lighter fluid on charcoal embers to fan and to flame the gift of God in your heart. Do you have relatives Christian relatives nearby to love and support you? Some do. A lot of people don't. But you do have spiritual kinship and spiritual connection with all your fellow members here at Grace Church and with fellow Christians around the globe in our church body. Every time you commune, you are saying, these are my brothers and sisters in faith. Come to Bible classes we have on Sunday at midweek when they're scheduled to enjoy the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. Say yes to participation in a small group Bible study we're going to unroll this coming September. 
These fellow Christians who are around you, who support and care for you, they're fanning into flame the gift of God in your heart and you in theirs. People shift opinions. What used to be considered weird is now considered by some people to be normal. And downtown shifts and changes. What used to be vacant lots and rat-infested warehouses now are new buildings and revitalized buildings and more and more people. What will the future hold for downtown Milwaukee? You know, that was the same question that people around here at Grace Church were asking 70 years ago and the neighborhood began to change. I suppose we could think of all kinds of obstacles. Well, the people around us in our community will think we're weird because we gather to worship every week. Or there may be even friends and even relatives we know who challenge us with teachings that don't match what the Bible actually says. What will the future hold? Timothy had all kinds of challenges ahead of him that would make his knees rattle together and cause quite a clanging if he had symbols in between there and make him want to hide in his own house. After all, Nero had taken over as emperor of Rome and Christians were going to face a lot of heat from Nero. And as I mentioned, his co-worker and mentor, the Apostle Paul, was in a deep, dark dungeon with an axe near his neck. Would persecution move across the Aegean Sea and affect Timothy in Ephesus and the cities around? Very likely. And on top of that, he was butting heads with false teachers. It seemed to Timothy that for every soul one, they would steal two away. And on top of all of that, he was relatively young. He was in his 30s. And in Timothy's day, people like him in the pastoral ministry couldn't even second the motion in a meeting until they were 40, much less gain any respect. But Paul encouraged him, look ahead. Do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner. But join me in suffering for the gospel for, by the power of God. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Timothy, you are going to be standing before the high and mighty and the down and out. Go ahead and do not be ashamed. For Christ Jesus has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Timothy, I want you to continue to proclaiming who Jesus is and what he did because it's the only way you and everybody who believes what you say are going to end up in heaven. Fan into flame the gift of God by looking ahead to the glory that God has in store for you. Do you ever feel a little anxious, maybe a little worried? about being a 21st century timid Timothy? What will the future hold? Oh no! Paul says to you, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power. The same God who holds the future in his hands is the same God who is guaranteed life and immortality to you. That's a big word for living forever with God because Jesus lived and died and lives again. Fan into flame the gift of God by looking ahead to the glory that is yours through Jesus. This may not happen to many people and it may not even happen to you. But imagine you sense that you're coming to the end of your life on this earth. What 
message do you want to leave? Picture yourself rolling on your side, propping yourself up on the elbow. What are you going to say? What message will you leave with friends and relatives? How about this? Look back on what Jesus did for you. Look around at the Christians who love and support you. Look ahead to the glory God has guaranteed for you and you will be able to fan and to flame the gift of God. You will be glad that you said that. And they will too. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.